Don't get mad. Get media. Mad Pod. Rare celebrity interviews. Indie music. Madpod.com. Your global audio internet connection. Coming up on Madpod.com. Hey everybody, how you doing? I'm Jay Donnelly with you, madpod.com. We have a very special offer for you, especially with Valentine's Day. Go to adamandeve.com and get 50% off with one item when you type madpod. Madpod.com, show 184. Don't get mad, get media. Madpod. Sammy, how are you, my friend? Shadow, you know, I think I'm getting better every day. Well, I like your attitude, and I'm glad you called. Well, you know, it's about time I got some bang for the buck. This one-on-one stuff has got to go. You've got to send me some of that tequila, even though I'm not a drinking man. (laughs) You just want to look at the bottle? Okay, how about if I send you an empty bottle, then? Don't get mad. Get media. Madpod. Rare celebrity interviews. Indie music. Madpod.com. Your global audio internet connection. Coming up on madpod.com. Hey everybody, Jay Dolly with you, madpod.com, and welcome to Madpod. And on today's show, Shadow has a big interview with the Red Rocker, Sammy Hagar. Van Hagar? Yeah, the man, the Red Rocker. Here he is on madpod.com. That'd be fine. People will think I have a lot more money than I actually do. <laughs> Born in Monterey, California, joining us live coast-to-coast from Mill Valley, California, singer, songwriter, guitarist, and former lead singer of Montrose between 1973 and 1975, and Van Halen from 1985 through 1996, the Red Rocker Sammy Hager. Welcome, Sammy. A pleasure speaking with you, my friend. Uh, hey, Shadow. It's, it's a pleasure to be here again. Add Cabo Wabo Enterprises founder and tequila maker to the list of titles. I would guess your premium tequilas go hand-in-hand hand with owning two nightclubs, your original in Cabo San Lucas and now at Lake Tahoe, Nevada. What makes the difference in Cabo Wabo tequilas, Sammy? Is it the aging? No, anyone can age tequila. Honestly, Shadow, the difference is it's completely handmade. It starts with guys, the farmers. Uh, my, my whole factory and everything was owned by ranchers, the guys that built the, these little houses just to live in, in the middle of the agave fields. And it's not like a big uh, factory. It was a little tiny handmade factory. They go out and they pick the finest agaves. They look in, until the one's just ripe and it looks right and they... And they trim it up, and then they put it in a pile. And, they, and, and it's hand-selected agaves. Then it's chopped up by hand. It's put in wood-burning ovens, brick ovens that have seasoned. They've been going on for 82 years, this family. And then they take them out the other side by hand again, and they crush them by hand. It's all done every step of the way it's handmade. And with the finest agaves you can find, and, and the end result is handmade fine tequila to where if you've got conveyor belts and just trucks that go through the fields and just rip the stuff out of the ground, throw it, you know, cook it any way you want and goes on conveyor belts, no one touches it or sees it, then you just got regular, you know, tequila, which is run-of-the-mill, and, and, and you throw it in barrels and age it long enough, and it tastes pretty good, but you throw ours in barrels and age it, it tastes real good. <laughs> and that's it. I mean, it, it's, a sm- it's a small little factory, but the truth of the matter is we're number two 
premium tequila in America today, which is unbelievable because, uh, you know, I've never even dreamed of this. It just happened by accident, and, and the factory just working as hard as they can to keep up with the demand. And we could never be the number one, you know, uh, premium tequila because we'll, we'll never change the way we make it. I'd have to build another factory, and I'm not going to go through all that because this is you, – you can only luck out once, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so I'm, I'm very happy with where we are, and I'm, I, I could be number two or three for the rest of my life and be a very happy man. It allows me to play my music for free. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, your Reposado, Blanco, and Angeo tequilas are distributed by Wilson and Daniels Limited. Is this a profitable business, Sammy? What with the aging process comes a lot of time. You can't rush a product like tequila, can you? No, you know, it takes 10 years to grow a plant. It's a profitable business. Otherwise, people wouldn't be in it. I mean, there's This year, 44 premium tequilas came on the market since January of this year. 44 new tequilas because it's a, it's a profitable margin, uh, market. And, and you know what? People look at me, I'm sure they go, I think this is what I've been saying to all the liquor people going, wow, you know, you're like a pioneer now. And I'm going, yeah, <laughs> all of a sudden I'm a pioneer in the tequila industry. And I'm saying, I just believe that all these businesses out there, they look at me and they go, if this stupid rock star can do this, imagine what we can do with our big companies. But it, it, I'm so proud that we're kicking every one of their butts. Cobble Wobble is so far ahead of them, it's ridiculous. And they're spending tens of millions of dollars every year on advertising and all this stuff. And I don't do any of that. I just go on tour, do what I do, drink my tequila because I love it, sell it at my clubs, and, and it's distributed nationally, by, like, like you said, by Wilson Daniels. But it's... It's like I'm, I'm winning without even trying. I'm just going about my life. I'm saying, well, number one, first of all, you've got to make a better product if you're going to outdo me. You know, you can spend all the money you want talking about how great it is, but when people sit down and taste it, if it don't, you know, kick their butt, well, then they're going to go, you know what, I'm going back to Cabo or, you know, or whatever is uh, available. So, Best wishes with the business, Sammy. Let's get to the music. Sammy, you also recorded in a quartet with longtime friends of this program, Neil Sean of Journey, Kenny Aronson of Stories, and Michael Shreve of Santana, under the then-name HSAS. How did this rock and roll configuration of talent get together? Uh, Neil Sean and I have been great friends forever. I mean, we go way back to he was in Montrose. Neil used to, you know, hang around with us, you know, come and see the shows and jam with us. And so Neil's been my friend forever, and he's a great, great guitar player. So we just said, hey, let's... Let's get together some friends. So uh, he was, of course, friends with Michael Shreves, and I was friends with Kenny Aronson. I said, hey, let's just, boop, and there it was. I mean, it was just, it wasn't even like, let's audition all these different people. Although we did try out, before we got to Kenny, we tried out um, the bass player from, actually from, um, oh, it's killing me. It's escaping me. We tried out another bass player, <laughs> and uh, it didn't work out. And, and uh, Kenny Aronson came in, and the second he started playing, we said, yeah, this is our little group. And we did something totally different. <clears throat> uh, the idea was we didn't want to be commercial and, and necessarily you know, try to make a hit record and go, because we, we, it was just a one-off thing. We got together, we rehearsed for about a month, wrote the songs, rehearsed, and went out and played 11 live shows in the Bay Area. We played theaters, and we recorded all of them and made a live album of brand-new material. I mean, here we went on sale in the Bay Area, uh, in the San Francisco area, San Jose and Santa Cruz and uh, Marin County, Sacramento, I think we played. But anyway, we, we went on sale with a band with HSAS initials. And, you know, of course, there were stories about who we were, but the inside, the fans knew, and, they, and we sold out all these little places, you know, 3,000 seaters, but... Still, it was pretty impressive, and 
and uh, and we went out and played all brand new material. People paid to see us and didn't even know what we were going to do, but they were interested. And it was a great, you know, it was really fun. It was kind of for me, it was a very artsy, uh, you know, uh, venture because you know we like I said we just we didn't hype it. We just did it. You know, the record didn't sell that way well, by the way. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. Now, Sammy, after giving up a boxing career, you began singing in the late 60s, performing with various California bands, including Skinny, The Fabulous Catilas, Justice Brothers, and Dust Cloud. Was this the same type of Sammy Hager rock and roll-based material that made you an FM album radio perennial? Uh, honestly, Shadow, I, I, I swear the, the music I'm playing today, like now, uh, my last, you know, I have a new CD coming out called Living It Up, and 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 even my last record, Not For Sale, I think is more like what I was with Skinny and the Justice Brothers and all that. We were like an R&B, kind of a, uh, not a white soul band. I don't want to say like white, you know, blue-eyed soul, but it was soul blues-based, and um, it wasn't so influenced by the British heavy metal scene, if you know what I mean. So when Montrose got together... We were really hugely influenced by the British heavy metal scene, by Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, uh, the bands like that, you know, the Who. So it's, I was a singer in that band and the songwriter, but Ronnie Montrose and, and the drummer Denny Carmassi and Bill Church, you know, what we all did with the songs, uh, it became, a, you know, more British heavy metal-based uh, music. And... And since I left then, then I, I, I went on my own, and I think I kind of went a little bit back to my roots again, a little more bluesy, but then I still carried that with me because Montrose was my first big recording band. And, and then when I joined Van Halen, of course, that was the epitome of a British-based you know, heavy metal band, even though it was an American band. And uh, you know, Van Halen certainly carved out its own place in history and sound-wise and everything with a, you know, a brilliant guitar player like Eddie involved. So... When I left Van Halen, I pretty much slowly but surely kind of fell back into my roots again. So I really think right now it's so funny that winding the tequila thing up and all that, you know, you say, well, how, how, do you, how, do you, how did you get where you are today, you know, back around almost to the beginning? I'm basically playing, I will play for free anytime, anyplace, anywhere. It's not like, you know, uh, it's not a business to me anymore playing music. Now I play music for the same reason I started. I love to play music. I love to get in front of fans and and people and play and sing. It's a, it's a gas. It's awesome. I mean, so my tequila company and the cobble wobble whole thing, it allows me to say no. I don't have to play music for money anymore. I'll do it for all the right reasons that I started. And and it's funny that my music, the songs I'm writing and so forth, are more like back then when I first started. It's 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 a real. Uh, interesting circle that I've come around, and, and I, it, I think you—that's the—that's the beauty of longevity. If you have the time, and you stick around long enough, and you love what you're doing, and you continue doing it, uh, you will come back around in a, in a really beautiful little circle. <laughs> so I'm loving life right now. I love where I am with my music. I love my—I had my band. We've done over 700 shows together, and we're just—we're, you know, we're selling out shows all over the country it's like you know i'm i'm, I'm really impressed with with the way it's worked out and I'm, I'm i just feel pretty happy about the whole thing yeah. <laughs>
Don't get mad. Get media. Mad Pod. Live coast to coast from Mill Valley, California, with singer, songwriter, guitarist, and rock legend, the Red Rocker, Sammy Hager joins us. Sammy, your love is driving me crazy. Taken from the LP, Three Lock Box became an instant classic, peaking at number 13, December 11, 1982, followed by Never Give Up, which peaked at number 46 on the Billboard Hot 100, March 26, 1983. Sammy, tell us about the members of the Wabos and where they hail from. And is playing with the Wabos different than playing with Van Halen? Oh, yeah. The members of the Wabos, um, when I left Van Halen, I was looking for an eclectic band of musicians that really were versatile because, like I said, I was after Van Halen, I'm going, geez, now I played with Eddie Van Halen, I played with Ronnie Montrose, I played with Neil Schoen, three great guitar players, and I need a guitar player that can play any one of those songs I want to play. And uh, so, you know, that, that was already, a, a, you know, a tough, tough hole. So Vic Johnson, the guitar player from the Bus Boys, I don't know if everyone remembers the Bus Boys from Eddie Murphy's, uh, uh, whatever that movie was called, uh, and, and they, they played that hit song, The Boys Are Back in Town. Um, not the Thin Lizzy one, you know. <laughs> the Bus Boys, the boys are back in town. And Vic Johnson was a guitar player in that band, and I tried him out, and he got the job instantly because... Number one, I didn't want an Eddie clone. Uh, number two, I didn't want somebody that couldn't play Eddie's stuff, though, you know, because I had to play a couple Van Halen songs. Obviously, I've been in that band for 11 years. I wasn't just going to cut that out of my live show and throw it away. So uh, Vic was just perfect. Mona, the bass player, just came in. I just said, oh, there's no way I'm having a girl in my band. You know, it's, you know, we're, we're way too crazy. You know, we're going to have too much fun out there on the road. We can't be having some girl watching over us. And, but my drummer, David, kept saying, hey, you got to try Mona. you got to try Mona. Though she's, I, she's bad. I just did a session with her. She's unbelievable. So I tried Mona, and the second I heard her start playing, she plays so perfectly on key. she got chops. She sings good. Uh, I'm going, okay, we got a girl in the band. Uh, and David Lauser, my oldest friend in the world, uh, he, he was the first guy I called as a drummer because he, uh, him and I go back so far. We know each other like brothers. And then uh, uh, Jesse Harms was a keyboard player who's a great singer-songwriter and, and had been in, uh, with me since Three Lock Box. And uh, I just put that band together, and it was eclectic, and it was weird, but we could play anything. Jesse's no longer with the band, but the Wabos, we can play anything. If I, in the middle of a, of a song, we're playing, we could be playing Van Halen's right now, and in the middle of it, I'll yell, Marching to Mars! Everybody takes a detunes their, D, their, their E string down the D, boom! They are there. If I did something like that in Van Halen, it'd be a train wreck. <laughs> it would be a train wreck. It was it's just so funny how some people can just you know, spin on a dime, and that's the wobbles of myself. And some people can be the greatest musicians in the world, but if you try to do something different, man, they just trip all over themselves. And and that's really the difference between uh, you know a Van Halen show and a and a, and a wobble show. We 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 can turn on a dime. We can do anything, anytime. I don't know what it is. I, I think it's because we don't take two and three years off in between shows. We, we've been playing steadily ever since I left Van Halen, the Wobbles. It, if if I take a year off like kind of I did last year, a lot of people say, yeah, you took last year off, you only played, uh, you know, like 14 shows in, in cities. You only did 14 cities last year. I'd say, yeah, but we did about 25 shows at the Cabo Wobble, you know, just unannounced and just go down there and just play, you know. And, and that's the kind of stuff that keeps the band in shape. 
Now, the 1967 Procol Harum Classic Whiter Shade of Pale, based on the Bach Cantata Sleepers Awake, hit FM radio May 19, 1984, billed as by HSAS, and taken from the album Through the Fire Live. Sammy, the question I must ask, for the time being, is your relationship with Van Halen over? You know, I, I think um, for the time it is. Michael Anthony and I, on this new tour, we're going out as the other half. He's going out with my band, so the Wobble Readers will do a, about an hour, 15-minute, hour, 20-minute show, and then and Michael Anthony does this classic Van Halen bass solo thing where he's, he's, he's brought every one of his... Uh, his rigs from the Van Halen, so he practically has his own truck. And then we bust into uh, about a 10, 12-song Van Halen set. Uh, very eclectic, by the way. You know, we're playing, I mean, we'll, we'll be playing right now, and we'll be playing Top of the World, and, and some of, and Why Can't This Be Loved, some of our big hits, but we're also doing things like Judgment Day and, and uh, Good Enough and, and the song from Twister, uh, Humans Being. You know, we're, we're really twisting it up a little bit, and and then we're that's we're calling this band the other half. And the reason we're doing, and then we, you know, hopefully we'll get an encore. And then my band comes back and we'll play some of my new material. But it's about a three-hour show. Uh, it goes through my whole career. It's definitely a Montrose song, a, a song from the Red Album, a song from here, a song from there. But the reason Michael Anthony and I are going out as the other half and doing this is because both of us feel that there's not much of a chance of, of the Van Halen thing happening again. Now, I, you never say never. These guys, could, you know, mainly Eddie could change and, and he could, you know, turn into a, a wonderful guy again and, and become friends and say, hey, you know, I can't take it anymore. I want to go out. I have to go out and play. Let's go do it. But it ended on a bad note again. And I just said, you know, I can't take this anymore. You know, if I can't be friends with the people I'm playing, it's not business for me. You know, I'm not out there saying, Hey, we can go out make you know millions of dollars. Well, I I got millions of dollars and I've made millions of dollars. To me, you either enjoy it and you're doing it for the people and for yourselves, or you or just forget it. But to go out there and be bitter and to fight every night after shows and before shows and have to put you know Mike and I had to have our own airplane. They had, and Ed now had their plane and and because we just couldn't spend time together. Al's a great guy. I wish he was my big brother. He's not, uh, but. Eddie is, is impossible to deal with right now, and he's on some kind of crazy self-destructive trip, and if he wants to get off it and be friends and, and treat people the way you want to be treated and treat the audience decent and go out and play the songs right and not be, um, you know, not be belligerent and put, punching through walls and, and, you know, playing all these crazy head games with people, then we could do it. But other than that, Michael and I said, until that happens... We'll just go out as the other half, play for the fans that, that are so horny, they got to have something. Well, we'll give you half of it, <laughs> you know. And uh, it, it's a blast what we're doing. We're, we're twisting the songs up a little bit, like I said, and playing the ones that uh, that we never got to play much in Van Halen. And uh, it, it, it's kind of real uh, hardcore fan base friendly is what it is. It's not for the fringe. You know, people, oh, I kind of like Van Halen. Oh, you know, maybe I'll go see him. It ain't about that. This is about, like, I gotta have my Van Halen fix, and if this is all I can have, well, we're gonna give it to you. Sammy, two sides of love from the Geffen LP VOA reached number thirty-six on the Billboard Top Forty, July Fourteenth, nineteen eighty-four, followed by I Can't Drive fifty-five, peaking at number twenty-six, September twenty-ninth. Your last solo session before joining Van Halen. I've heard that when you joined Van Halen, it was basically based on a handshake. 
Oh, it was not even a handshake. <laughs> we just said, "Yeah, let's do it. This is out of sight," you know. Uh, and it, it it just it was one of them things that when the management and everyone came in and tried to make it uh, this business and and all that, it kind of hurt it. It was almost like uh, David Geffen got involved, and and finally I just brought my manager in because they they kind of had a manager and they had a record company, and and I had Geffen my record company and. And all these, too many people got involved. And finally, Ed Leffler, my manager, and who became Van Halen's manager, and God rest his soul, one of the greatest managers ever in the history of, of music or anything, he stepped in and called a meeting with Mo Austin, David Geffen, myself, and, and Eddie, and, and, well, the whole band, actually, and, and himself. And he sat down in a room and he said, listen, these guys want to do this. Mo Austin, you're a music man. David Geffen, you're a music man. Why would you stop these people from doing what they want to do because of business or because of contracts are saying, you know, and everyone just chilled out. And, they, and David said uh, to, to Mo, you and I will work it out on a record level. Let these these guys go and do their thing. And Mo Austin said, out of sight, let's go. And and uh, they worked out their deal, and we started making our record. And it was from that day on, it was just straightforward. Everybody knows the history. I think we sold about 60 million records, and every record number one, and practically, and just, you know, it was an awesome run. Coming up on Hey everybody, how you doing? I'm Jay Donnelly with you, MadPod.com. We have a very special offer for you, especially with Valentine's Day. Go to AdamandEve.com and get 50% off with one item when you type MadPod for the offer code coupon checkout. Plus with your order of $17 or more, we'll throw in a free gift. Get 50% off with offer code MadPod at AdamandEve.com. And remember, Adam and Eve features over 18,000 adult entertainment products. Toys as low as $6.95. Lingerie. Over 350 movies starting at $4.95. 10 million customers swear by our product quality. Fast and discreet shipping. 100% satisfaction guarantee. So go to adamandeve.com and use the MadPod special code MADPOP for your special discount. Don't get mad. Get media. Mad Pod. Live coast to coast from Mill Valley, California, with singer, songwriter, guitarist, and rock legend, the Red Rocker, Sammy Hager joins us. Sammy, on Valentine's Day, February 14, 1987, the single Winner Takes It All from the movie Over the Top, starring Sylvester Stallone, reached number 54 pop, taken from the Columbia original movie soundtrack. Sammy, some musicians find the fans may stay in one point in their career, meaning the musician's career, even though they've moved on. It appears your fans have followed you from before Van Halen and after. Well, uh, I'll tell you, I think so, too. I see them out there. My fans range from six-year-old kids to 60-year-old people, um, and, and I mean, and everything in between. Uh, I, I've been to a lot of Grateful Dead shows because they're my friends, uh, you know, back in the old days, and 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 even as as they are now, as the other ones are the dead. And I kind of see the same thing. I see a lot of families bringing their kids to see them, to see the dead now, you know, um, and that's what I'm seeing in my shows. And even though, I, and, and I see a lot of people in their twenties out there seeing me probably for the first time, second time, or wearing a, wearing a brand new Sammy Hagar shirt. You know, that's always, <laughs> that's always the key. And uh, it's so awesome to me that I just say, you know, I, I think I'm as popular or may, maybe more popular now than even at, at my peak when I was on 
you know, winning MTV Music Awards and having the number one video with I Can't Drive 55 or Over the Top and, and all that. And, and I don't know, it's, it's, um, it's amazing because I haven't, I haven't really done anything commercially that would say, uh, well, hey, the guy just had a you know, number one single and the number one this or number one that. Uh, hey, even my tequila's number two, you know, so it's not, I, I, I just, I think it's loyalty from both sides of the fence. I'm as loyal to my fans as they are to me. I saw a bumper sticker recently that said, uh, Sammy loves us. And it, it, from my fans, they made it themselves. And it said, oh, it said Sammy loves his redheads or something like that. Cause it, it, and I just thought, wow, now that is awesome. They, they really know that I care about. And, and, you know, most people will sit there and say all they want, about to their fans, hey, I care about you and this and that, you know, and, 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 you know, we do this, we do that. But I think I really do it. I think my birthday bash in Cabo San Lucas in October every year where I play for two weeks for free for my fans, uh, I think that pretty much lets them know that I'm serious about this whole thing, that, that I love what I'm doing and I love them and it ain't all about the money. And, you know, that's the biggest month of the year for Cabo San Lucas and it's the worst financial month for the Cabo Wobble because we spend all the money on the fans getting in for free and flying my band and the crew and the roadies, everyone down there. It's a huge expense to put up, you know, about 35 people in Cabo San Lucas for two weeks. And, and, uh, but the fans, they just sleep on the sidewalk and they, they do whatever they can to get in, but it's free. And, and uh, if I had my way, I'd do that across the whole country, but I can't because uh, then we'd all go broke. Let me correct you on one thing. Your tequila may be number two like your music, but it's number two with a bullet, pal. <laughs> well, thank you, Shadow. That's a great way to put it, too. You've done two. You, you, you've quoted two profound statements here, you know, uh, on this interview, and I, I'm going to keep them in my repertoire if you don't mind. I appreciate that, Sammy. The album I never said goodbye yielded "Give to Live" from June 20th, 1987, a top 23 hit, which spent 17 straight weeks on the charts, followed by "Eagles Fly," issued Halloween week, peaking at number 82 on the Billboard Hot 100. Now, your most inclusive website is redrocker.com, on tour appearing at the Hyundai Pavilion, Glen Helen, California, the Cricket Pavilion, Phoenix, Arizona, in Bakersfield, California, at the Fox Theater, and at the House of Blues, New Orleans. Sammy, it appears your fans are now as dedicated as Garcia's Deadheads and Jimmy Buffett's Parrotheads. <laughs> Redheads, I'll, I'll take a step farther. I think Redheads are more dedicated than all of those people. Uh, the, well, well, I'll put it up there with the Deadheads because, you know, the, the Dead, they used to play, if they would play, a, you know, like a 5,000-seat ballroom, they could play for a month, you know, and you'd say, wow, these guys, that's 150,000 people. And you'd say, yeah, but then you put them in a, in a stadium in the same place and there'd only be 30,000 people there. And they'd say, those, those same people would follow them everywhere and they would go to every show practically. And that's real loyalty and real dedication. I mean, they'd say, okay, the dead are going on tour for five months. Well, then we just quit our job, we sold our house, and we've got this van, and we're going to follow the dead, you know. And I think redheads border on that. And uh, that's, uh, that's the ultimate when I know my front row practically. In 20% of the shows across the country, I know my front row by first name basis. And... Uh, you know, it's 20% the same people, and, and the people that are on stage, uh, I look around behind me that, you know, we have the 75 people on stage and the bartenders and the waitresses and all that stuff, and, and I'll look and I'll see uh, from, if I do two nights, 
One night they're on stage. The next night I look down. It's the people that were on stage are in the front row, and the front row is on stage that night. I mean, they just got this routine that is so it, it's so out of my control. Uh, as all I do is I just kind of cheerlead it, and <laughs> it just goes goes by itself. It's pretty incredible, and uh, I'm probably the luckiest performer in the world. Sammy, tell us about the new CD. It's uh, it's just pure Sammy. It's just it's what I am today. And I wrote it for and about the fans, you know, and, and, and it started with a guy sleeping on the, well, not a guy, about a thousand people sleeping on the sidewalk in Cabo San Lucas, <clears throat> and I wasn't going to do a show that night, so I felt really bad. I, I'm going, oh, no, I'm not doing a show. What are these people doing? I saw them sleeping after I left the show, like on the 10th, and, and I wasn't playing again until the 12th, and, and I, but yet these people were sleeping on the sidewalk already, and I'm going... So I got in my car the next morning. I got up early. I said, I can't take this. Let's go see what's going on because I'm not playing tonight. So we go down downtown Cabo San Lucas, and everybody's there's thousands of people sleeping on the sidewalk to get in, get in the club. And I said, I got on a bullhorn. I went and got the police to help me, you know, so that it wasn't turned into a riot. And I drove in my convertible. Well, I had somebody else drive it down the street, and I yelled at him. I said, Get out of here. We're not playing tonight. You people, you know, go back to your rooms. And you know, I felt terrible. And and uh, they knew it. They said, oh, no, no, you know, a couple guys I got to talk to, they said, no, you don't understand. We knew you weren't playing that night. We just want to make sure we get in the next night. So these people slept on the street for two days. And, you know, it made me come up with the, with the uh, line. It's, uh, how do you know if you're a redhead when you have the one of the most expensive hotel rooms in Cabo San Lucas and you're sleeping on the street? <laughs> so that means you're a redhead. And And I said... I, I don't know what to do. And the guy said, Sammy, just write a song about us, man. So I, I just turned my whole life around. I, I said, I'm not just writing a song. I'm writing a record about these people and about the way we live. And the song is called The Way We Live. That's that's um, that's really the one that's kind of the title track, Living It Up. And we it's just about living it up. It's about living in Cabo, beach all day, dance all night. It's about uh, you know the type of food we eat and, and the kind of music we listen to and the way we dress and right on down the line. This record is the manual to to the lifestyle. It's how to have fun and it's how to uh, be a redhead. <laughs> Simple as that. It's the manual. My thanks to Jessica Erskine of Rogers and Cohen in Los Angeles for her most detail-oriented assistance in arranging this segment. Live coast-to-coast from Mill Valley, California, singer, songwriter, guitarist, and former lead singer of Montrose, HSAS, and Van Halen, the Red Rocker himself, Sammy Hager. Sammy, thank you so much for your time, my friend, and for helping us feature your amazing roster of solo hits. Thank you, Shadow, and thank you for uh, having your... your, your your history together on I me. Mean, you know more about me than I do. You tell me where all these songs peaked. I'm sitting here looking and saying, wow, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> so thanks for your information and thanks for uh, doing your homework. And, uh, and yeah, out of sight. I'll see you in Cabo, brother. Sammy, a pleasure speaking with you, my friend. Now, don't forget me when I request backstage. Oh, I would never do that. Come on, Joe. You're welcome anywhere I am. Don't get mad. Get media. Also, if you want to get a good deal on a domain name, go over to GoDaddy.com. GoDaddy, I have about 20 domain names registered now. And you can get a discount by just putting in the MadPod code MP1, MP2, or MP3. So go to GoDaddy.com. Don't get mad. Get media.